I am Gian, the founding pastor of Victory Church, and this Sunday, April 10th, 2022, Palm Sunday is the topic of our worship service. I would like to invite you all to go to our website and download the bulletin. The other way to do it is if you have uh, your big TV right now watching this video. Grab your phone, open the camera, point towards the QR code on the screen, and simply click on that link. You will be able to download the bulletin of today's message. I want to thank you so much for your support, especially my dear, beautiful church members. Here we are, again, worshiping the name of Jesus, using all the technology that we possess. Thank you to all the team that we have here working directly, indirectly, well, it is a privilege for me, honestly. I am so honored that you, my dear beautiful church member, still wants to continue serving God through this way, by giving to the Lord. Thank you, Tracy, for the songs. Thank you, Sebastian, for your work with the broadcast. And uh, so today, on Palm Sunday, the topic is, hello, <laughs> Palm Sunday. It's a beautiful day to be in the house of the Lord, and it is my privilege to share God's Word with you. The reading com comes from the easy-to-read version, and we start in Luke chapter 19, verses 29 forward. We read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Dear Lord, guide us through this reflection. Amen. Jesus traveled to Jerusalem getting into Bethpage and Bethany, near the hill called the Mount of Olives. He sent out two of his followers. He said, going to town, you will find a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here to me. If anyone asks you why you are taking the donkey, you should say, the master needs it. Today, we want to discuss several aspects of Palm Sunday, and I'm going to share with you keys into this story, in this part of the gospel, in this beautiful, magnificent Sunday, Palm Sunday, when the Lord Jesus came to Jerusalem. This is the beginning of his last week of human life on earth. So let's start precisely by discussing this the meaning of Jerusalem process. What is the meaning of Jerusalem? Of course, Jerusalem is a city, it's a town. Jerusalem actually was the place where the Lord Jesus eventually was crucified. And Jerusalem was the center for the Israelites. Till today, Jerusalem brings so much attention to not, not just the Jews, but everybody else in the world. Jerusalem process means a, let's say, series of steps that took the Lord Jesus from coming with so much uh, applause and so much acceptance to the moment of his betrayal and eventually being crucified. Do you know that uh, believers also go through a Jerusalem process? Are you aware that in some way you go through a Jerusalem process? 
as a disciple of the Lord Jesus, you should. Because there is no way that you could really enjoy the greatness of the kingdom of God unless you are willing to die to yourself, to die to your own desires, to die to your flesh, and say yes to the spiritual things and say no to the worldly things. And of course, my friend, that doesn't mean that you are not going to have a life. Of course, the, the Lord wants you to have a life, but He wants you to have a good spiritual life, not a worldly life. And that is the difference precisely into those who like Jesus, <laughs> those who okay Jesus, those that in the world say, I don't have anything against Jesus, and the disciple of Jesus. The disciple of Jesus, the follower of Jesus, the worshiper of Jesus is a different kind of person. Because, you know, you can admire an athlete, you can admire an entrepreneur, you can admire a writer, you can admire many individuals in life, history, characters, or even things. You can admire somebody. People admire Jesus. But do you think that that means that they are disciples of Jesus? Mm -mm. No, and you know that very well. Because if you are a true disciple of the Lord Jesus, first of all, you understand that you have to live your own Jerusalem process, right? It's that process that takes you to, from the fame and applause from your friends because they think you are so cool <laughs> to the moment of denying yourself taking your daily cross and following the Lord Jesus, dying to your own selfish nature, to your own sinful nature, to the flesh. The disciple of the Lord Jesus is precisely that kind of individual. It's the individual that says yes to the Spirit and says no to the flesh. It's the kind of admirer or follower or fan of Jesus, the one that likes Jesus, but goes to the next level. What is that? Is when you start to call Jesus, my Lord. You see? Because in order to become a child of God, the only requirement is to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. How difficult is that? Well, for some people it's extremely difficult. You know, they have trouble to process that because the scripture declares that only the Holy Spirit can give you that revelation. Correct? The thing is, millions and millions throughout history have received the revelation that Jesus is the Son of God, and they, they say, yes, I believe that. And in the back of their head, they are thinking, well, honestly, I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> I prefer to believe that Jesus is the Son of God and going to heaven. They become saved. Because the only requirement is to believe that with all of your heart and declare it with your, with your mouth, right? You say it. But at the same time, they are not willing to take that cross. They are not willing to die to, your, to their own selves, their flesh. While the disciple of the Lord Jesus says, I'm willing and I'm going to. And I will go wherever the Lord Jesus says I should go. You see the difference? 
So my first question today, do you think that you are a true disciple of Jesus or you are just a fan? If you are just a fan, there is nothing wrong with that. Well, I'm glad that you are a fan. I'm glad you are watching and listening. But your challenge is to become a disciple of Jesus. Disciples of Jesus go with Jesus wherever Jesus says we need to go. And from time to time, the Lord Jesus will give you assignments. You know, the disciples here, they receive an assignment when they are coming to Jerusalem. And the assignment was, I want you to go into town and you will find a donkey. And I need it. The disciple of Jesus does not question the orders of Jesus. Because Jesus is not just the object of their admiration. Jesus is not the Savior. Jesus is the Lord, the Master. So you believe what the Lord Jesus says. And if he gives you an assignment, if he tells you something that you need to do, you will do it. And you don't question how is this going to happen. You get used to see how the Lord opens doors for you, how he provides everything, because the Lord owns the universe. So here's another interesting thing for you to, to listen and reflect for a moment. You know, we in church, we are called by the Lord to serve him, to adore him, to do things in the church, to serve the Lord. And also we are called to give. We Christians believe in giving to the Lord a 10% of our income. For my entire life, since I became a believer, and my parents taught me this since I was young, I have been the kind of person, like the scripture declares, takes 10% of my income and give to the Lord. There are promises about that in Malachi chapter 3 that says that when, when I do that, the Lord will rebuke the devourer for me, the enemy. He will not touch me. But also it says that he will bless me greatly. If you practice this principle of giving to the Lord 10% of your income, I know that you, you, you know exactly what I am talking about because you have seen that in your life time after time after time, how the Lord blesses you because the Lord God is faithful. If you have not practiced this principle, I encourage you to do it in your local church, right? If you belong to a local church, practice that. If you do not belong to a local church, well, I invite you to become part of Victory Church. And we have on our website a tab, especially, designed so you can give to the Lord online. That's not my point. My point is, for many years, all of us Christians that we practice this principle, we feel happy because we obey, but uh, sometimes we have to understand the reality of resources. I receive an income, but in reality, all that I possess belongs to the Lord. Because eventually, and you too, will pass away. Well, we are not going to keep that. We cannot take that with us wherever we go. 
Some people will go down, and all of us, the rest of us, we will go up to heaven. Well, we are not taking that. So, it is a mistake when you are thinking, well, okay, I'm going to give to God something that is mine. Because, in fact, if you understand, everything belongs to the Lord. But while you practice the principle, you are exposing yourself to the powerful promise of abundance that he promises in Malachi chapter 3. You see that? But the point is, the true disciple of the Lord Jesus doesn't question when the Lord puts in their hearts or they know that they have to do something. They say, if I'm a disciple, I'm going to do what the Lord says. These disciples decided to go and find that donkey. So the Lord may be asking you, not a donkey. <laughs> Whatever the Lord is asking you to do, the point is you should obey what he is telling you to do. Because that is when you're going to see miracles. All right, let's continue with the reading, the reading, okay? Now in verses 33 through 36, section A. The disciples found the donkey and untied it. But its owners came out, they said to the followers. Why are you untying our donkey? The followers answered, the master needs it. So the followers brought the donkey to Jesus. They put their coats on his back. Then they put Jesus on the donkey, and he rode along the road toward Jerusalem. So many people, they say they believe, but they don't. They don't because they don't obey. You see, I was telling you about the disciple of Jesus. The disciple of Jesus hears, listens to begin with, like you are doing now. You hear and you listen, and then you obey. You obey what the scripture says, not what the preacher says, what the scripture says. When you start to obey what the scripture says, you will get familiar with the voice of the Lord. Then the Holy Spirit will start talking to you directly those messages that idea that comes to you quite often is coming from the Holy Spirit telling you, I want you to do this. Disciples of Jesus learn to walk in obedience. And that is such a beautiful thing. It is a blessing. Now maybe, and here is my second question to you. Do you feel that for you it's a problem to obey? Because let me tell you this, individuals that have tremendous difficulties obeying, whether it's to the traffic laws, to the financial laws, to the laws in general in the community, people that have difficulties to obey to their supervisor, young people that live in the house of their parents, they have horrible moments every time the parents ask them to do something or grandparents. And the same thing happens in the sports arena or business arena, anywhere. You have your own business. You go to the customer's house, place, whatever, you have a deal, and you agree with this person to do something. Suddenly this person is asking you to do something. So he, here is the question. I want you to see this. Do you have trouble to obey? 
That is the question. And you don't need to convince me or anything because this is not an argument. I'm just asking you to think about it because my point to you is this. If you have trouble to obey little things like this in life, you do will have a problem to walk in obedience with God. You understand? So for your own sake, you have to start to learn to listen carefully what people are telling you, especially your authorities in life, the law, etc. Pay attention because when you start to listen and paying attention, you will be compliant. Like these disciples, they didn't ask you. They didn't ask the Lord Jesus. They didn't question anything other than they were wondering where, where, where is going to be. Maybe they were thinking about it, but the Lord said, whenever, <laughs> whenever you find the donkey, if the owners ask you, what are you doing? You just tell them that the master needs it. You see that? The master needs it. Well, and that is exactly what happens because you have to learn to walk in obedience with God. But let me tell you this. It's so simple, but at the same time, so profound. If you don't know what is to walk in obedience, you just don't know it. And when finally you learn to walk in obedience, you enjoy it. Because it brings you freedom. Obeying God, obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit in your heart brings you freedom, sets you free. He says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Walking in obedience is something, if you allow me to, to use the word magical. <laughs> Please, my theolo theologians, viewers and Critics, don't be too harsh on me, okay? I'm just playing with the word here because I want to make a point. How beautiful, how special, sublime is to walk in obedience. That is what I mean with the expression, it's like magical. Because it just gives you a beautiful feeling of freedom, accomplishment, tranquility, and you know you please God. And I want you to know that when you learn to walk in obedience, the Lord God is going to be with you. Simple as that. You just do what the Lord says. And actually, I will tell you this, it's so interesting. The Lord knows what is about to happen, right? When the Lord is asking you to do something, He already knows what is going to happen. But let, me, let me think, okay, for a second that you are an obedient disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. I really don't know, but I'm going to believe for you, okay? I'm going to believe that you are an obedient disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I, I, I tell you this. The Lord knows what kind of challenges you will find, and He will tell you exactly what to say in those moments. And when you say what the Lord says, and when you do what he, he tells you to do, you will just see how the Lord opens the door and grants you whatever you need, because at the end, all of it, all of the resources are God's. You see? The Lord will provide and he will just put everything there for you. Now, 
Once they bring the donkey and they were happy. Can you imagine the joy of these disciples? They were looking for the donkey. They grabbed the donkey and they told him, you know, well, the master needs it. Okay. And they just look at each other. Can you imagine this? This will be fun, fun to watch. Hey, do you think, you think that the donkey's out there? Well, let's go, wherever the Lord says. And then here's the donkey. Exactly what he said will happen. Of course. Let's get the donkey. They are untying the donkey. Watch out, watch out. The owners are coming. Oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. What are you doing, guys? Um, well, we, we need this donkey for the Lord. The master needs it. Ah, okay. The disciples just look at each other. Okay, and they grab the donkey, <laughs> and they walk with the donkey. <laughs> Obeying God will bring you joy, happiness, and then you bring the donkey. They bring the donkey to the Lord, and they put their coats there, and they put the Lord Jesus on, on top of the donkey. So you're going to ride the donkey, Jesus, like a king, you know? It was a custom. The king comes into town on a donkey. You know, I, I heard one day somebody that told me this, and I think it's very beautiful. He was talking to me. He was one of my mentors. He said to me, you know what happens with you, my friend? He was talking to me. This is what he said. Jian, I'll tell you what happens with you. You are the donkey carrying Jesus, Right? I said, are you calling me a donkey? <laughs> uh, kind of, he says. Okay, well, I can take that. I said, I'm the donkey. Jesus is my king. It's okay. Then what? And then he says, and then suddenly you see the palms, people cheering Jesus, you know, praising God. And they see you as a donkey, you see that there are coats on the ground, and you are just walking there. Suddenly you, donkey, think that the praises are for you. The praises are not for you. The one who is riding, Jesus, he is the one being praised. <laughs> I just said, thank you, brother. I appreciate the analogy. I got it. You know, we all have this idea sometimes, you know, it happens especially when you are young, that you just think that you are really the big thing, right? I thought that way about myself. Maybe I still do. I hope the Lord will forgive me. I try not to, but I suppose it happens. But the one who writes is Jesus. Not the donkey. Not me. And if I have to be the donkey, and if I am the donkey, I'm happy being the donkey. I don't care. As long as my Lord is being praised, I am happy with that. Isn't it beautiful to think about that? The Lord doesn't want us to be animals, my friends. It's just an idea. The importance of always praising Him, not to ourselves. Okay? <laughs> no, don't take it too literal. Luke 19 now from verses 36 through 38. He wrote to Jerusalem. 
the followers spread their coats on the road before him. All of them, they, they were very excited and praised God. They thanked God for all the powerful things they had seen. They said, welcome, God bless the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory to God. Beautiful, beautiful moment. One is saying this thing and the other person there says the other thing. I don't know if you like to sing to the Lord. I don't know if you are obedient to worship God in a weekly basis, worshiping in person to the Lord. <laughs> oh, that was a curve, right? <laughs> I know. Don't take it wrong, but I'm just honest with you. you know, no excuses to worship the Lord. You make effort to worship God. You will see the results. You make effort to go places, to go wherever is needed. If you are ill, if you are in trouble with your health and they tell you that you have to be at 6 a.m. in a hospital to do this procedure, you will do it. If you were in trouble with the law and they tell you that there is an attorney that will meet you at 7 a.m. on such and such day, you will meet him. If you don't have a job and somebody tells you that there is an appointment, but you have to go to this place, which is one hour driving from where you are, you will be there. Because when you are hungry, you look for food. Do you understand? But the same thing happens when your desire to worship God. When you are hungry to be in the presence of God, with other believers worshiping Him, you make the time, you make the effort. And you know what happens once you are there? One worshiper inspires another. Because you there, singing a song, a hymn, whatever the music style you like, whatever the local church it is, you just get inspired to see one person worshiping God, and that is beautiful. That is what happened here. One started to clap hands, right? The other was moving their palms. And everybody was saying praises to the Lord because worshiping God is your job. Let me say that one more time. Worshiping God is your job. That's why you have a mouth. That's why you have voice. That's why you have a body. Love your Lord with all of your heart, your mind, your strength. Worshiping God is an act of adoration, faith, and obedience. And one person is worshiping the Lord, praying, even if he's sitting down quietly. That person inspires somebody else to pray. One person is singing, inspires the other. Except certain moments. I will tell you a funny story that happened to me one day with my father. I remember that my dad and I, at the beginning, you know, when I became a believer, we went to the same church. And I remember one Sunday in lunchtime, I said, Dad, why do you look upset? And he says, I couldn't enjoy praising God today. And I said, why is that? Because Victor was there next to me. And what's wrong with Victor? Ah, uh, he's awful. What do you mean? Yeah, you know, he doesn't keep the rhythm. What? <laughs> And then he says to me, you know, 
I like when the songs are going in such a rhythm, you know, and singing to the Lord, singing to the Lord. But Victor doesn't have rhythm. So we are singing to the Lord. And here's Victor. Singing to the <laughs> my dad did. My, my dad said to me, I don't want to be sitting next to Victor. You know what is funny? It was just part of a process, you know, to learn to worship the Lord no matter what. Even Victor could inspire my dad eventually. They became great friends. My dad is in heaven. Victor is still here. And we message once in a while. We say hello. The last time that I went to Guatemala, I had a great time with him and his family. He is in his 70s, I guess, or something like that. And my dad loved Victor eventually. He learned to accept Victor with his not rhythm. Because after all, who cares for that? You know, the Lord sees your heart. But one thing is true. One worshiper inspires another. And sometimes you need that. You need that inspiration by coming to the church with other believers and you see them clapping or moving, you know, and there are all kind of things, you know, that you see and there are videos about guys that they keep their hands in their pockets and they are, they are singing to the Lord, but they are moving like this, singing to the Lord, singing to the Lord. <laughs> and then the other guy who wants to keep the rhythm, you know, Singing to the Lord, singing <laughs> to the Lord. <laughs> the, the guy then, they say, right, there's a joke about this guy who eventually started to lift up his hand and he goes, singing to the Lord, singing to the Lord, <laughs> and on and on. It doesn't matter. How do you express yourself, your adoration to God? It's not the point. The Lord sees your heart. But it is a fact you are by yourself. The only thing you do is to watch. You are not going to get that feeling, my friend. That's why I'm saying it this again and again. Get together with other believers. It's good for your soul. Now, one of the things that the disciples were doing there when they saw the Lord Jesus on, on riding the donkey, they started to give thanks to the Lord. And you know, it's powerful. Let me give you this example. Let's say one morning you want to have a, a little time, devotion. You have your coffee or donut or whatever you eat for breakfast. Maybe you are oatmeal type <laughs> or scrambled eggs or whatever. The point is you want to do your devotion. You have your Bible or somebody on TV you want to listen to or you have a book and suddenly, when you are in this process, you stop for a moment, hearing, listening, reading. You start talking or thinking, and you say, thank you, Lord, for this day. You know what? It's a good day. Thank you for my room. Thank you for my chair. Thank you for my shoes. You know what, Lord? Thank you for my food. You know what, Lord? And, and as you keep going with your thanksgiving, revelations started to come up to you. 
the revelation of the greatness of God comes to those who are willing to give thanks to Him. Did you hear that? The revelation of the greatness of God comes to those who are willing to give thanks to God. Those who are willing to praise God. There is power when you are praising God. There is so much power around you, within you. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you when you are praising God, which happens only in those moments of adoration, my friend. That's why they were saying, Welcome, the king is here. The king is in town. Welcome to the one king that comes in the name of the Lord. Now, do you know that the king is in town right now? And you're thinking, he is? <laughs> the second coming? <laughs> no, silly. No. The kingdom of God is near, he said. Where? It's in your hearts. The king is in town. The presence of God within you. Do you realize the king is in your heart town? The king is in town. That is why you, you need to keep worshiping him. Not just when you get together with people, but also when you are by yourself. When you are happy and when you are troubled. When you are with resources or without resources. When you have tons of people around you or nobody is with you. The king is in town. In your heart. And you know that he is powerful. He is powerful. Speaking about the king, I would like to give you my announcement for the following Sunday. April 17th, the worship service 286 here in Victory Church. My king is alive. Don't miss it. You will enjoy it. I promise you. Well, let's read what happens afterwards because this is getting nicer and better. In chapter 19 of Luke, now verses 39 through 40, some of the Pharisees said to Jesus, Teacher, tell your followers not to say these things. But Jesus answered, I tell you, if my followers didn't say them, these stones would shout them. <laughs> it is so funny. Really, it is funny how people get upset because Somebody is praising God. And you know what is the difference? For some people, Jesus is just a teacher. And for other people, Jesus is a master. What's the difference? For some people, Jesus is their savior. Yes, they teach. The Lord Jesus teach them things and unlike them. But they don't surrender to him. They don't see the importance of praising Jesus. They don't see the importance of surrendering and obeying Jesus. You see that? Those Pharisees, they were totally against the crowd. 
yelling the name of Jesus, screaming, clapping, making all these cheerful noises. You know, shout to the Lord. The king is here. The king is in town. Praise to the name of Jesus. Glory to God in heaven. That is why the Lord Jesus replied, listen, guys, if I tell to my people to not praise me, to not praise God, the stones will do it. Glory to Jesus. In other words, now, my third question to you. In a daily basis, when you are immersed in your daily activities, do you praise God? Do you give glory to Jesus? Or you just complain all the time? Listen, we all complain. We all have our bad moments. All of us. We have our days when we are tired and we are like, oh my gosh, why this is happening? And watch this and look at this and this and that. And we have our friends that we talk to about our problems and challenges. Of course. But even in those days, we all need to praise the name of the Lord. Because if we stop praising the Lord, the stones around us are going to start praising God. Personally, I don't like the idea. Knowing that wherever I am during the day, if I'm not praising God, the Lord can come down and say, for example, to one of the chairs, praise me. <laughs> Imagine a chair. Praise us to the name of the Lord. I will be freaking do you see the point? The Lord Jesus says, if my followers do not praise God, things will do it. Things. I personally don't like much the idea of knowing that if I'm not able to praise God, things where I am, things around me, things that he gave me, things that became a blessing to me. Now those things are praising God because I am not able to praise him. Really? I will be really shocked and devastated saying to the Lord, I'm so sorry, Lord. I didn't mean to, or I will answer like teenagers, right? I was going to. <laughs> Did you clean your room? I was going to. Did you finish the job in the office? I was going to. Did you praise me? I was going to. We need to praise God. You need to praise God. You need to open your mouth. You must open your mouth. I'm not saying you have to sing it, but you need to speak out. How come you can speak out many things? How come you are able to say tons of things, 
through the day, on the phone, in person, but you don't want to praise God. That's not fair. What would you do if one day, in the quiet of your comfort, whether it is that you are in your car all day driving because it's your job to go from one place to the other, or in your little office, or in your little room. Maybe you have just a little room. You are renting a room. Or maybe you have a big house. Perhaps you are in the city, or maybe you are in the country. What would you do if one day you are so quiet, you don't praise God, and then suddenly things will be praising God? What would you do, my friend, honestly? Because you are not able to praise God if you will hear that stones around you will be praising God. You will have a heart attack. You will be run from this place and said, what's going on? You will be freaking out. And there is no need for such a thing. Here is what I told you from the beginning. The disciple of Jesus obeys and is for us a commandment to worship the Lord. It's the number one commandment, my friend. Worship the Lord God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. Give thanks to the Lord. Don't stop praising God. Praise God for everything and in all the times. Thank you, Lord God, for this. Thank you for my ice cream. <laughs> Thank you for my chocolate. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my vehicle. Oh, Lord, thank you for my supervisor. Can stand him, but thank you for him. Thank you, Lord, for my customer. Oh, hard to deal with, but thank you for my customer. Thank you for my spouse. Thank you for my kid. Thank you for my mom. Thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you. Thank you. I praise you, God. That is your job. Use the power of your mouth to praise God. Palm Sunday is that. Basically, what I'm encouraging to you, encouraging you today, is to realize the greatness of God in your life. And not just by praising God by yourself, but in person with other believers. You should do that. You know, I pray every day for one thing. I say to the Lord, because we broadcast daily. We work hard every single day, my friend. Every single day to reach out to somebody. And today, right now, is for you. Whatever we do, Myself, my wife, my team, my church. All of us, whatever we do, in this very moment, is being done to praise God for you. Made it so you can listen to what I am speaking to you. So, my prayer is that 
the Holy Spirit will continue touching your heart. And right now, I pray that He will be moving the deepest part of your soul to repentance. Because if there is something that you need to do is to repent. Change. This is the problem. If you insist doing what you are doing because you are fully convinced that it's okay, you are under a big deception. You are deceived. And maybe you have been deceived your own self. So today I want to encourage you to repent. Repent. And say it. Lord God, I'm sorry. I want to change. And let the Holy Spirit do His job in your heart. Because your life belongs to Him, not to you. You, your heart, your life, everything belong to the Lord. And the Holy Spirit wants to take you to the next level. But if you keep insisting you don't want to change, it's not going to happen. So my prayer is that you will continue right now listening to that voice inside of you telling you you have to change. Change, my friend. For your own sake, for your future, for the future of your descendants, for the future of your next generations in life. Directly to you, from you, children, grandchildren, etc. Indirectly to the people that are influenced by your life, through your life. Neighbors, friends, acquaintances. For the sake of the kingdom of God, change, repent, and ask for the Lord's forgiveness. Many things are going to happen to you that are great when you do that, when you are willing to give in and you say, okay. And you know what is one of those things? Healing. The Lord is showing me someone that has been so sad for months. Very, very sad. You are this person, perhaps. You have been so sad and you don't even understand why this sadness it has become like a powerful, overwhelming energy that you cannot even get out of there. You are not able even, not able even to to smile, a little smile in your face. You feel that in your face actually it's like heavy things that don't allow you to even smile. The Lord is telling you today that that sadness is, is the result of your stubbornness because you want to be right about your views about something. And the Lord is saying to you, don't be stubborn anymore. You are not right, the Lord says. 
you have been wrong all this time and you are blaming people, the Lord says, for your sadness. You blame people for your circumstances and even you blame me, the Lord says. And you gotta change. Accept my will, says the Lord. My friend, today is a big challenge for you. By accepting that you have been wrong, Breathe in and out. And I command in the name of Jesus that stubbornness to go away and leave. Leave. No more fear. No more sadness. In the name of Jesus, be free. Now receive the power of God. You experiencing this, you feel in your head something hot is the power of the Holy Spirit. Receive that power in your head, in your body, and it's going to, it's like a burning fire touching you deeply, going all over your, your body, up and down. Down, up, down, up, burning fire from the Holy Spirit. It cleans you. Do you know that gold has to be put in in a hot fire, because the fire purifies the gold. That is what is happening to you right now, my friend. That's you. <laughs> That's you. And, and you have been so destroyed. You have been so sad, and, and that is going to go away right now. The tears are going to disappear from you. And just let all these impurities come out. And the Lord says to you, I want you to stop the wrong things you are doing. The Lord says to you, you have to be strong by not buying anymore those things that you are using with your own body. You are consuming things. And the Lord says, stop purchasing those things. You are not going to use one more dime one more cent, you are not going to receive that from anybody. The impurity, the sadness, and all this rebellion, and this stubbornness is linked with that vice. And the Lord says, stop it once and for all. So be free. The chains are broken right now. You have to let it go. The impurity. Let the impurity come out and then <laughs> the gold worker comes and picks it up, takes it away, takes that away. So the gold becomes purer and purer in the fire of God. And many great things are going to happen to you. For those that are ill, I pray for you for healing. Lift up your hands, my friend, and let me pray. Father, touch my friends. Touch everybody, Lord. Those that are with aches in their bodies, touch them with the power of your Holy Spirit. Touch them, Lord, right now. Receive your healing by faith. Receive the restoration in your body by faith in the name of Jesus. Share your testimony with us via email. I would love to hear from you. And thank you for those that are doing it. It's very, very beautiful to hear those testimonies. I hope one day I will 
have you here in the church sharing these testimonies of healing in your life. But what could be the best miracle, my friend, if it's not receiving the forgiveness of our sins? Because God loved the world so much that He gave His only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not be lost but have eternal life. John 3.16 So what if we all declare this? And we say, thank you, dear God, for my forgiveness. Thank you, Father, because in Jesus, I become your child. I experience eternal life right now for your glory in the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. My dear brother and my dear sister, it was beautiful to spend with you this day sharing the message Palm Sunday. I hope that you have been blessed and I invite you. And, and also I encourage you, share this testimony with somebody. Share this video with somebody that will be grateful because you can open their eyes just by sharing one link, one video with anybody. From Odessa, Texas, today I say to you, thank you so much. In the name of the church, Victory Church, in the name of our Lord God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we are very, very grateful. And also, in the name of my team and my family. So, from Odessa, Texas, with love, Gian and Tracy. No, of course not. That's not us. Just kidding. <laughs> we love you guys. Now, for real, Gian and Tracy say, have a wonderful rest of your day. Good morning. Let me invite you to download or install Gian TV, which is our Roku channel. If you have a Roku TV or a Roku device, don't hesitate to install this free, absolutely free Roku channel. You will be able to watch wonderful videos, all the categories that we have here. So go to search channels, search for Gian TV, and then hit install. Don't forget to give us a five stars if you like our videos. Thank you so much for watching. By Giancarlo Vicitoro. I know you have suffered, but what if you would have never met your mom because she died giving birth to you? That's the beginning of Simon's story. Then Simon's father died when he was only 15 years old. He was sent to a foster home where he was bullied, humiliated, and there was no one to protect him. But Simon decided to find a way to get his revenge by studying and becoming good at sports. He won a scholarship, and soon he started his own business, Simon Yardwork. Mean people were envious of his success, but one day, Simon met and fell in love with Jackie. They were happy until the FBI arrested Simon due to clues that incriminated him with several murdered people. Will Simon end up in prison? Don't miss the outcome of this story, The Best Revenge, the musical that will inspire everyone to pay good for evil. Go to mygiancarlo.com to purchase The Best Revenge on audio and video. Hey, 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 hey. That's all, that's all, that's all, folks. <laughs> Time to go home. <laughs> Ciao.